Are you ready for some meatballs? There's a chance. Yeah! The Bears' playoff hopes are still alive, and uh, they control their own destiny, which, what more can you ask for week 17? So uh, they go down to Jacksonville, take care of business, here to talk about the game. As always, is Mark Jansen. How you doing, my friend Mark? How you doing? Doing good, Chris. Go Niners! Oh, that's uh, that. That was pretty cool. I am a uh, uh, I don't I can't say Niners fan, but I am a Kittle fan. Now that was and awesome. Forevermore. Hey, I want to lead with that. Why not? Okay. Kittle okay. dropping his love for the Bears and hilarious. It basically, for those of us who are Bears fans, pretty epic fashion. Fashion yesterday that was enjoyable. The post game was great. If you haven't checked it out, Bears fans, go look up George Kittle talking Bears in his post game presser. It was great. Beautiful. I got tears in my eyes. I did too. And I'm not even going to mention the problem with this as a Bears fan. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, what we saw today as the Bears beat the Jaguars, which wasn't a surprise, but was 41 to 17 a surprise? Nah, sort of. I mean, 41 is, but I thought the Bears would score high 20s, low 30s, right? Didn't we pick somewhere in there? Yeah, I picked 24, and I was almost I think I picked 27. Yeah. You might have broken Uh, 30. I think this game, first of all, I just want to say, thank goodness Rokon wasn't hurt. That didn't look good. And I hope it's the game with two interceptions now and another bunch of tackles that gets him his all-pro nod that he deserves, even though he didn't make the Pro Bowl, which is just silly. Roquan Smith responded to his Pro Bowl snub with eight tackles to lead the team today and two interceptions. That's that's the thing right there. Yes, it is. And I can't like how how do you leave him if just he doesn't have the name recognition yet? Is that why I guess Bobby Wagner's name recognition is stronger because he's not having a better year than Roquan. And there's only a game left, so I think it's safe to say Roquan had a better year. He's got to be all pro. He's got to be. He deserves it. What are they only going to do? One for all pro? I don't even know how that works. They only do two for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, there's it's, a. It's two for the whole league, though. So he should have a chance. I don't know who in the AFC would be in there in the middle. But either way, is I'm Ray just glad Lewis he still hurt. playing? What's that? Is Ray Lewis still playing? No, he's <laughs> committing. No, no. <laughs> you can't bring him up with me sorry you're gonna go there every time <clears throat> yeah okay he's really cutting into retirement oh <laughs> no 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 it's a family show bad mark bad mark no that's okay kids won't get what that is it's, it's all right i'll cut that out see now i'm doing it <laughs> oh oh i've corrupted you is that what you're trying to sell the good people yeah, exactly. on okay all right, so back to the Bears. Uh, defense. That was two different halves. Holy cow. Yes. So, okay. Um, there was a shot in the uh, first half that really looked like Nagy was uh, holding mm. a play sheet. Did you see that? Or did he absolutely was holding a play sheet. It looked like uh, – just the offense looked like he was calling plays the first half. Do you agree? I agree. I don't know that he was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that they'll ever tell us. But 
the first quarter looked kind of like what they've been doing. And then the second quarter was an unmitigated disaster for the most part with shotgun snaps, bad Mitch, very little running. It was weird. It was, I mean, they, 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 that was the quarter they had the two field goals. And then uh, it just looked like they were back to the Nagy offense. And then the absolutely brutal jet sweep to Cole Komet on the one. I don't when know what that the is. last three weeks you've learned you have a great running back, a pretty good one at least, and he's pretty darn good on the goal line. What that looked like Matt Nagy's hands were all over the second yeah. quarter. Especially Montgomery almost never goes down on first contact. So why would you not give him the ball first and goal from the one, second and goal from the one? You know, I, Yes, he's I, almost – guaranteed to get a yard every time he touches the ball because he's so good on first contact and it falling forward just totally maddening yeah and you know mitch really does look <laughs> so uncomfortable in the pocket he looks he does <laughs> it's like oh yeah you, you, despite how much better he's looked with some of the bootlegs and rollouts the last couple of weeks and the second half today when they did that again you can't look, have your starting Mitch, quarterback Mitch look is, so uncomfortable in the pocket. He's more Lamar Jackson than he is Aaron Rodgers. I, like, they, we, cut the field in half, get him moving. How have we not learned this lesson? I was, I was about to be as mad as I've been at any game based on the first half. And then the second half happened, and I was like, okay, fine. And then I, I heard on the score on the post game, I think it was, it was either Hub or Manley, but one of them had suggested that the post game show. that is the two of them. <laughs> the, the, the good one isn't on yet. Ant and uh, mm. Owen, yes, but the, the better one, they're both okay. But uh, he, one of them had said, maybe they opened it up because of the opponent and they were trying to shake the rust off of something that they need for better opponents like green Bay. If the Packers have a reason to play and the playoff opponent, if they make it. And so they were trying to, give more looks and expand things. And then when it wasn't working at halftime, they went back to what they'd been doing. It's possible, but it kind of feels to me like they're screwing around playing with fire. And now the big thing is, I don't know if I can trust Nagy again. Back to like, wait a second, do they need to fire him? I have been on this roller coaster trying to evaluate this coach. And yeah, the second half was great. So that is part of it. But like, what were they doing with those play calls, especially in the red zone? And then the egregious interception with Mitch running around oh. for like 25 seconds. And I'm like, throw it away. You yeah, can't be trusted to do that stuff. They got to learn this. They got to know this. He's got to do better there too. But I, I still put that first half on the coaches. Yeah, I, I can see that. And I think I even texted you at one point. Are they treating this like a preseason game? Yeah, and, uh, I, okay. I thought that was hilarious too. Not that your thought was wrong, but that they led you to think that week 16. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess I could see that, but man, they were, they could have given that game away. Probably not, but they could, they were only up 13 to 10 at the half. And I, man, if they had kept going that way, Mitch, Mitch just looked so uncomfortable. Against a terrible team. And he, yeah. And he had time. The O line was, was fine for the most part, but uh, man, it, how successful can you be long-term if your quarterback just looks like that in the pocket? You, you got to have good pocket presence. Oh, yeah, 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 for so, sure. I mean, I, Mitch did okay in the pocket on some of the plays and others he was confused. He continues to beat the blitz, which is weird because he was never any good at that previously. 
that's probably the biggest significant positive in his development these last four weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and again, I still think right now you're probably looking at a scenario where the best thing for the Bears is to draft a QB and bring Mitch back if they can somehow get rid of Foles. And Nagy and Laser agree to do what they did prior to today's game, and then I guess what they did in the second half. It was just very confusing, and it didn't seem like it needed to be anything but pound the football, run boots, and play action off of it. And they come out, and they didn't do it, and then they blew them out in the second half. Yeah, it's a weird game. Luckily, that fun by uh, the end of it. Sorry, what? yeah, by the no, I was gonna say. Um, it did seem like uh, Mitch and Robinson had that third down slant going, though. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that was money all day. That bailed them out all game. And I got to say, that was refreshing because I'm the guy who's always pissing and moaning about how they never can run a slant to pick up a first down. Mm-hmm. And here they had, uh, what, three or four of them? Robinson went for over 100. He did. Yeah. While we're on him, are you mad that he didn't come down with that TD? I got a few people I know who, who thought it was – you know. A, comparison between that and the one chart caught and it made robinson look bad oh that's a good point i hadn't considered that comparison yeah Hmm. Yeah, i don't agree with it actually because chark is just running a straight fly route so he's only got to get his feet down in the direction he's going doesn't lead him out of bounds i have to wonder but he did win the jump ball and robinson didn't so it's kind of only a partial comp for me but i need to see the robinson play again they give you one replay and then the sorry cbs broadcast moves on i hate their broadcast (laughs) terrible whole thing yeah the commentating was oh was rich gannon was with brian gumbel oh i don't know whoever it was gumbel's always terrible anyway back to robinson yeah that that play i i wonder if he hadn't bobbled it if he would have been able to concentrate on getting his feet in more well that's why i wanted to see if his feet would have been down with a clean catch too but they didn't have a look at it it looked to me like because he bobbled it, he, he lost focus on where his feet were, or at least that's what I'm speculating, because he's been really good about watching where his feet were when he has caught the ball, you know, when he doesn't bobble it. Or, yeah, that's normal. The feet are normally not the problem. It's yeah. the catch. That said, even though I don't know about that comparison, I do know if he wants to be paid $20 million, that's about the fifth seat uh, play this season where he has to come down with it. Yeah, he really. The does. three interceptions and two or three in the red zone, I can think of off the top of my head, uh, that's at least gets us to five or six. So I don't know what they do there, but I'm not giving him 20 million. If he'll take 17 or 18 or something, sure. Yeah. But I don't think he deserves to be in the top two or three paid in the league because he doesn't win those balls enough. Yeah, I think he's a tier one and a half wide receiver. Well said. <laughs> say, yeah. uh, speaking of wide receivers, Mooney had his first drop of the year. But then – Got caught trying to turn up field before he had the ball. Yep, Classic yep. drop. But then the very next play, Mitch went right back to him, and he caught it. And I can't Which remember, I loved. I can't remember if it was a first down or just really close to getting a first down. But it was, He got a ton of yards out of it out of nowhere. And he's it looked like, like he was going to be stuffed, but he didn't. He's like 5'11", which that's how tall I am. But like half of my weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, man, he can – he can, you know, drag a defender with them or bust through a defender. That guy is tough and he's quick. And, man, I, how did he slip to the fifth round? I am so thankful. And I've, I know I've said that before, how did he slip? But I am so thankful that we got him. He looks like a real NFL wide receiver for a long time on this team. Ryan Pace, executive director of late round drafting. There it is. Uh, no, there Mooney, I think I texted you this, or maybe it was somebody else. I mean, I usually send the same thing to three people because that's how I roll. 
Um, he's the he's one of the tougher runners at that size, a wide receiver that I've ever seen. Yeah. The only one that I can think of that's comparable, that's even more violent, though, Mooney's more slippery, was Steve Smith. Mm. Tiny but amazing after the catch. But Mooney looks like, oh, there's no way he's going to break that. Oh, he broke that tackle. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it keeps happening. Or he'll shake a guy. Like, he runs tough. Slippery is a, more of his game, but he can get out of a tackle, too, despite being a kind of small, wiry guy. He's a definite keeper. Would and he had a nice game other than that drop. Yeah, and right away got the next one, and then he was fine the rest of the yep. Would you say a good comp would be a, uh, a faster Bobby Ingram? Could be. You know who I want him to be? Lockett. Mm. When he fills out, gets his old man strength a little bit more. You know, Russell Wilson's favorite target when he's not just right. deep balls to Metcalf. Right. I, could see, I see a lot of, like, great route running, savvy, just always seems to produce. Also, shout out, because I don't want to forget this, to Jimmy Graham. Okay. Four catches, Four. 69 oh, yards. I thought there was something. <laughs> okay, yeah. 17 yards a catch. It's a nice game. Yeah, he's – Eight uh, touchdowns on the year now. That is uh, signing everybody killed, but he has been just what they needed. I still think it's possible he's a cap casualty. But he's produced plenty yeah, for this it's offense. Not just, it's not just in the red zone, too, like you were just saying. He had that really nice ball down the far sideline, I think it was. In the, uh, I mean, I think when we realized the bar was Jimmy Graham versus last year's tight ends, not Jimmy Graham versus New Orleans Jimmy Graham, we'd have to say it's been a nice signing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was going to have 1,000 yards and 20 touchdowns, but he's got 451 and 8. Yeah. Not That's bad good. for a Bears tight end. That's going to go down as one of the better <laughs> years ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and Komet, speaking of tight ends, had a pretty uh, – he only had two throws towards him, but a nine-yard average uh, on the two, two catches for 18 yards. Should well, have had the one that Mitch overthrew. Yeah, oh, and it, it wasn't by much, but, oh, Mitch, you got to hit that. You know. Same problem we've had before. That red zone interception was terrible, and that overthrow was bad. I wouldn't call it terrible, but man, you got to hit those. But seeing the separation that Komet got, Great. Was mm -hmm. very encouraging for the rook. He's just improved every week, and uh, even if it's not reflected in the stat sheet, uh, that was really good to see that he uh, has had, could get some wheels, or at least could just get open. The rookie tight ends don't do much, usually. right? It's historically one of those tough positions for rookies. So I think he's had an, a, an acceptable rookie campaign now that he's seeing the field more. And you have to question the coaching staff early with, you know, it's the Rashard Coward thing, Incompletrius Harris getting all those reps. Like why was Komet really not ready or is that coaching? And what does his year look like if he's playing more early? I think he'll be fine in the long run. And uh, yeah, they're, they've got some pieces on offense somehow. We've Almost talked about like despite their best effort. <laughs> we've talked about the, uh, the evaluation, um, uh, process of Matt Nagy, which has been questionable at best. So yeah, you gotta wonder. Uh, to me, and that's with, the other thing they've absolutely got to learn and do better. Mm -hmm. Pull the trigger quicker. And maybe yep. now that Nagy's seat is hot, maybe it's cooled down a little bit, but maybe since it got very warm there and a little toasty, maybe that uh, will make him make quicker decisions and stuff like that. Who knows? We'll see. Like he's pushed some really good buttons. Like Laser has been better with this play calling and it's made Nagy manage games better. Mm -hmm. They still have some goofy plays out of timeouts, but they haven't had egregious 
screw-ups where they should absolutely have done something different the last few weeks. You know, like he, I think Hogue was the first person I heard to make that point. Like, stop calling plays so you can manage the clock and the game before you better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that mostly has happened. Again, I don't know what that first half was today. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as the week goes on if we get any clarity on that. That yeah, we can maybe do that on, on Wednesday. Yeah. Talk again. But so, but yeah, fun game. Roquan was a beast. Where was the pass rush? I don't want to. Uh, I think we got to talk defense at least a little. I mean, obviously the offense is the overwhelming story when you score forty-one and give up seventeen. But yeah. It was a shaky uh, start for the defense again, I thought. Yeah, bef- before defense, can I just quick shout out to the 1,000-yard rusher, David Montgomery? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And the first running back to have uh, five games of 100-plus yards of scrimmage and a touchdown since 1977. The one good nugget from the broadcast. Yes. And who, who was the running back, my friend, in 1977? Walter Payton. Walter Payton. Who else from the 70s? I'm surprised he didn't do it any other year. That was the first thing that stood out to me with that stat. I'm like, wait, Payton didn't do it in the 80s? No. Well, that was his MVP year, 77. Yeah, I mean, I know, Yeah, I just figured one of those 80s years he would have done that. But no. I guess five is a lot in a row. So, yeah, Montgomery's been great. And we all, I think, saw flashes as a rookie. It was like, okay, he has no help. What's with the blocking? And while we're on it, another shout-out to that interior of the line. They keep getting the job done. Yes, they do. Yes, they and you reminded me of this. Cody Whitehair has played uh, – I can't remember the number. I want to say, like, just a second. I can pull it up. Um, Whitehair and Mustafer, also known as Max, Max Rustafer, yes. have neither one committed a penalty in something like 800 snaps. Like, neither wow. one of them have committed one all year. White, oh no, it's more like a thousand. White hair has played 751 snaps without a penalty. Is that Cody Mustafer, White hair or Whitey Coat hair? That's Whitey Coat hair, 751 snaps. Aww. Max Rustifer with 357 snaps. So that's 1,100 plus snaps between the two of them without a penalty. That's really good. You got to love that going forward. So shout out to the big fellas. Nice job, big guys. Nice job. All right, yeah, so uh, defense, pass rush, not there again against the statue that is Mike Glennon. What? That, that's not concerning. there until they finally dialed up a middle linebacker blitz. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, Matt got close a couple times. He got the one holding call drawn against him. I think we have to say he and Hicks are actually playing hurt at this point because Hicks had zero pressure. Mm-hmm. Hicks did nothing after that first like series where he got all excited. He didn't do anything the rest of the game. I think he's hurt, and I think Mac might be more hurt than we're told. I don't know. I don't want to leave, like sit there and make excuses for him. It's been terrible, but yeah, bad. Uh, that's why they still scare me. Yeah. How Either are they going to beat bad. Packers or Saints if yep. they have their A game, right? If the defense is doing this, because the middle of the field's still wide open, mm-hmm. you're still without Jalen Johnson. Bill Dor got picked on for that touchdown, although he's been yeah. okay otherwise. But, you know, he's a small guy. They're going to expose him. I'm hoping that uh, sitting Johnson today – I mean, I have no idea. I haven't read anything, but I'm hoping it was more precautionary than he still – They hurt. definitely miss him. Like, okay, you're not 100%. Sit this game because we desperately need you week 17. Like, I'm, Did you s- I hope that's what it was. Yep, I agree for sure. Did you see where Nagy wouldn't answer if he was out for the year? He was just like – 
you know, I don't really get into that. I think I think it's more of a week to week thing. I'm hopeful that it is. It's like that's not really an answer. Oh boy, sort of an answer. So that scares me, especially since the only reason he was available was shoulder, collarbone injuries. Oh boy. Yeah, now it's like ooh, shoulder on a guy that might have a chronic issue, kind of like Anthony Miller. Ooh, time of course too. So we shall see thought. on that one. But they they do miss him. But the, come on, that guy being out isn't why there's no pass rush. I know you're not saying that. No, that's not. No, there's just too many weeks where it disappears. I just mean like if you have no pass rush and no Jalen no Jalen Johnson, you are in big trouble against Aaron Rodgers. And I know Hub's like Pagano's not to blame there. I'm like, yes, he is Hub, partially, not entirely, but partially. Where are the stunts? They st- they they did them to a great effect against Houston, who of course had no receivers, but they had their line basically. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't do anything like that against Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't. He's got a weird uh, conservative shell that he uh, plays in. I don't. I don't get it. I, I. I mean, if you could get the four guys up front pressuring every time then you know seven guys in the backfield should be plenty right but they're just not getting it with the four but then still completing passes in the middle of the field with seven defenders in the back i I, ah yes football is about making your opponent think making your opponent uncomfortable and this defense doesn't do that right now the linemen all know where the pressure's coming from. They know the lines that linemen are going to take to try to get to the QB. That's why stunts are important. I mean, you can't stunt every play or anything, but I just don't see any variety or creativity at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm still very, very underwhelmed. And the one by, time we uh, did? Whatever it is. The one time we did was a sack by Trevathan. Yeah, Trevathan got the sack. And I got to say, had one of the worst celebrations I've ever seen since <laughs> What's-His-Face blew out his ACL. He rolls onto his back like he wants to kind of do like the back roll flip looking thing. And then was like, oh, too old for this crap. And then tried to do a snow angel. It was terrible. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I found it to look exactly like I would look trying to celebrate a sack probably. Like, well, let's just pretend this didn't happen and move on with the next play. <laughs> but was it worse than the Mustafar celebration? From No, that was, that was beautiful. Snapper? That was beautiful. <laughs> oh, that, was awesome. that wasn't Mustafar on that, was it? It was a long snapper. Long snapper. Uh, okay. Scales. I- I knew it was one of the snappers. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the uh, the D, I think, has got to play a lot better to think they can upset somebody in the playoffs. But You can't not pressure Rodgers and leave parts of the field open against Rodgers. While we're on the D, I got to get a shout-out. This is going to sound weird. To Olin Krutz as well, if you missed it, in the pregame, they were talking to Grody, who's like their sideline guy, about the who's in and out and inactives and all this, and then just kind of, talking about the Bears season the last little bit. And Grody made the whole, well, is the defense tired from all the weeks leading up to this point? And Owen's like, no, I got to <laughs> shut that down right now. Excellent. You got, do you have info on like the time of possession to suggest that they've been on the field more than the average NFL defense? I don't think they have. And either way, that's their job is also to get off the field. Like he t- totally slapped it down. They all laughed about it. And Grody's like, well, then, and then Manly, of all people, looked it up and was like, their average time of possession is 30 seconds within league average or something like that. <laughs> like, it's just not true. Yep. It's not an excuse. I'm so sick of hearing it. And Olin was just like, and you're really going to ask that when the offense is clicking finally? Like, no, no, no. Yep. And the reason this is important is if we're dumb enough to buy that narrative, and the coaches somehow are, which surely they're not, 
then you don't think there's anything else to fix. But they have a ton to fix on that side of the ball right now, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I was disappointed they gave up 17 points to Jacksonville, to be honest. <laughs> but I'll say this, I never thought, yeah, really. <laughs> but hey, they picked off Glennon twice, that made me happy. Um, Roquan, that is, did it. The, um, the start of the season, I definitely never thought there'd be a scenario where we're talking a Bears playoff berth, berth and we're more worried about the defense. Yeah. I mean, I think we both thought they could be in the playoffs and even win the division. We didn't think Green Bay would be this good twice, but Rodgers had his, you know, renaissance year he's had. But, uh, but I the, uh, the scenario was the defense will carry the team, and here we are going, what's wrong with the defense again? Although the second half, obviously, much better. It was much better, and the turnovers, you know, made a big difference there. But, but that first half will beat you against the real Green Bay team, uh-huh. or it will beat you against the Saints. Kamara will have 200 yards. And Murray will have another 70, you know, <laughs> just like this guy we'd never heard of had like six yards per carry. He had four carries going into the game. What are they doing in the run fits? Even the basic stuff that every D does in high school, they're screwing up. Something is screwy here. Did you see the stat that it is the first time the bears have scored more than 30 points, five games in a row since 1965. Yeah, that's great. So that, <laughs> Jeez. That's the rookie year of Dick Buckus and Gail Sayers. That's the last time they scored 30 points five games in a row. And that stuff is part of the conversation about this coaching staff. They're finally, they finally have an offense, and we're like, hmm, maybe they should fire. But, but wait, <laughs> we finally have an offense. I don't know what to do, Chris. It's a, like you said earlier, roller coaster. Roller yep. coaster. That's more of a midweek. But for now, we have meaningful games this late in the year. That's nice. We do. All right, let's talk uh, before we go. Playoff scenario. What, what yeah. is it looking like? Playoff now? scenario. A lion's thought because we can't let the good listeners get away without <laughs> one. And uh, and a first crack at gambling update that you need to hear. Okay. Well, a playoff scenario first. Right now, the Bears are in. They are the seventh spot. And if they win Sunday, or if the um, uh, Cardinals lose, the Bears are in. And to be honest, I think it's more likely the Bears are in because the Cardinals lose <laughs> because they're playing, uh, they're playing the Rams next week. Yeah, well, the scenarios are confusing. I've been trying to figure it out, and my cousin and I have been texting about this, looking it all up. So thanks to him for some of the help here. Shout out to um, the obviously, we know the simple scenario for the Bears is the Packers don't need to play, which means the Rams win the game going on right now and the Packers win tonight. Then they clinch and have no reason to play. The Packers own the tiebreaker versus the Saints, mm-hmm. but they don't own the tiebreaker versus the Seahawks if the Bears were to beat them. In that scenario, of course, Seattle would have to win today, and they'd have a better record conference than Green Bay if they lost to the Bears, which means Green Bay would have to beat the Bears. And then we probably are back to go Rams over the Cardinals, right? Because I think we agree if Green Bay has to play, the Bears' defense as it's playing now is probably not going to stop them much. Mm-hmm. But the Bears control their own destiny technically, which is thanks to George Kittle's 49ers. Thank you, George Kittle. Top Bears. Top Bears. But we are big Rams fans for two weeks is the yeah. other takeaway here. You know, would they, they would have the spot locked up right now if they had beat Detroit, right, three weeks ago? They'd be uh, they'd be nine and six right now. Wouldn't they have that spot locked up? Yeah, Detroit gate win means they would already be in, and now you'd be rooting against the Rams because you'd be trying to get a better seed to try to oh, play the NFC East winner. 
Yeah. And what I'm not looking for, let's say the Bears get in, which I think it's more likely they will get in. They're 85% now. 85. To- it's a sign. It's a sign from God. It's 85%. 83 would be better, but I'll take 85. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Look, they're the seventh spot. They're going to play the two slot or the number two seed. That's probably going to be New Orleans. And then if they beat New Orleans somehow, then they play the number one seed who's going to be Green Bay. If yes. it's the other way around, they're going to play the Packers the first round. And if they somehow beat the Packers, then they'd play the Saints the first round. Yeah, right so, now they, the Lions game cost them peace of mind going into the last week and much better playoff chances. Yes. They're either if, – if they somehow get into the playoffs and make any kind of run, they're going to have to go through the Saints and the Packers. Yes. And, and you know what? Ooh. Losing to the Lions when you're up 10 with four minutes to play should cost you something. Yeah, well, I, I, I think they – yeah, but they got what they deserve. Oh, and then speaking some... of the Lions, how yes. about that professional segue? Beautiful, my friend. I posted on Facebook, as you know, the, uh, you know, what was my exact quote? Something like, whose idea was it to give the Lions both a Thanksgiving game and a primetime day after Christmas game? Haven't we all suffered enough? In 2020. From my days in college, I have a couple Lions fans on my Facebook, and one of them, sure enough, Right, so we used to argue sports all the time. Good guy, but he, he he comments. It's basically like, yeah, yeah, that is rough. Just just try being an actual Lions fan. He's like, <laughs> oh, I know you've had your misery with the QB. I'm paraphrasing like the conversation at this mm-hmm. point. He's like, but we get the QB right once and still can't get anything else right. He's like, and now he's possibly going to be traded. He's like, there's a reason every Lions fan I know. I mean, he's from Michigan. He's like, every one of us has a second team that we root for when they're not playing the Lions. He's like, mine is the Steelers. He's like, so normally I'm pretty good with that, but not here lately. I'm like, I wanted to make fun of him for having a second team. And I thought, no, that, you know, I would do that. if I almost do that as a Bears fan, but I would definitely do that if I was a poor, suffering Lions fan. Yeah. And they, like, they, like, and they lose by 40. Oh, yeah. And they got the quarterback. They, they did what you're supposed to do to win in this league is get that quarterback. But It's like they're, they're like immune from winning, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend. Thanks for jumping on to talk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got the one more oh, thing. Oh, sorry. 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 Wow. Sorry. Wow. He's hanging up on me. I'm sorry. No, Come no. On. You can go. You can go. I thought the last. No, hit it. Hit it. Go ahead. So I, I thought my buddy Brian. Was... Yes. Longtime listener. Who I owe a shirt to. Sorry, Brian. Who you owe a shirt to. Sorry, Brian. He got me a Christmas gift. He's like, you're going to either love this or hate this. It's $10 that he will invest in a bet for me on FanDuel. If we lose it, he's just out 10 bucks. If it hits and wins, then I he'll Venmo me the money. Okay. So And he's like, but I think it would be best if it was a Bears game that we did. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, since we always talk about the Bears and the pod and everything else. So we did a, a three-bet parlay. I'm probably getting all the terms wrong, and he's cringing right now. But we did, um, we did David Montgomery over 78 and a half yards. Okay. Likely. Bears sure. winning by seven. Whoa. Okay. Well, no, no. It was for the Jacksonville game. Oh, for today. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We just did it. I, oh, I wasn't doing this with the Packers game. Oh. Are you mad? I can, might as well set fire to $10. <laughs> Jacksonville was the perfect game. Plus, okay. it was a Christmas thing, so like it fits. So we did Montgomery over seventy-eight and a half. Right, so you got that. Bears by more than seven. You got that. And under, which we we took it up 
under 65 and a half, which cost us like a dollar in the payout, mm. but was totally worth it and was a little risky there at the end. But then Mike Glennon threw another interception. It was good. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Nicely done. Not going to be a gambler. I just uh, accepted his gift and thought it was kind of a fun way to make what would have been a pretty boring second half quite a bit more interesting. Yeah, nicely done. That's good. So I was very happy when the Bears brought Foles in to keep my uh, <laughs> my under safe. <laughs> That's the real reason I had to tell you the story. I wanted to get that joke in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so what's 41 plus 17? That's 58. Nice. Yeah, I was, I was a, a Jacksonville garbage touchdown and garbage two-point conversion from failure. Wow. But thankfully. Thankfully, Mike Glennon, Glennon himself. Yeah, the uh, Mike Glennon game really didn't turn – the revenge game didn't happen. So then it turned into the Nick Foles revenge game. It was the Mike Glennon re- revenge first half. <laughs> where the they, Bears were still lost by three, though. <laughs> and then Foles – yeah, they were still lost, but he was playing okay the first half. Like, every time he completed a pass, it was almost infuriating, right? Like, how is yeah. this guy completing passes? Come on! I want to know, at the end, by the end of that game, is the combined heights of – Foles and Glennon, the tallest QB combo to ever play against each other in the NFL. Mm. Somebody really, probably knows that stat. Somebody's so. going to – where's Tim Kirkchen? I know he does baseball, but he's probably capable of figuring this out for me. Les Grobstein. <laughs> That's how I'm going to stay grabber. up until 3 a.m. and call Grobber. <laughs> the mad crapper, yeah. Uh, it's great. All right. That's all I had. All I right. just didn't want to get out of here. Can I end the that. show now? Is that... <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, they're going to be all so disappointed. It was only 30 something minutes. All right. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Wednesday when we got a little more clarity on what Sunday's going to mean for the beloved. Yep. That is a big deal. Enjoy the rest of your football. You too. Feast. You too. And thanks everyone for listening until next time. You've been meatballed. <laughs> you suck, Chris.